Hey, Andrew, what's happening, my man? Hey, Joe, good to see you, man. Thanks for having me uh, out tonight or in tonight, I guess. How yeah. you want to word it? New new world, this is going out. I mean, I guess you're allowed to actually uh, physically go out, but, you know, this is how we are, right? Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Yep, yep, living on the phone, living on the, the internet conference calls. That's right. So, Andrew Seo, spelled C-E-O, and that may come up later. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> an insurance agent extraordinaire. Um, I Thank know you. for sure handling life insurance and automobile and homeowners insurance. And you can tell us a little bit more about that. I guess, you know, let's know a little bit about Andrew. I mean, what I'm a realtor and not a lot of people graduate high school or college and say, I'm going to be a realtor. Some do, mm -hmm. you know, there's a good portion, yeah. but we kind of joke that it's like a, a secondary career. So <laughs> once we kind of know what you're drinking on Brokers and Brews, then I want to okay. know a little bit about what gets a guy or a woman into insurance because it doesn't Absolutely. seem like a natural thing from college. So let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, I dressed up from fourth through eighth grade as an insurance agent for Halloween. So uh, I'm probably above the norm. No, that's absolutely not true. Let me answer your first question. Uh, tonight I am drinking uh, Go Juice. Nice. It's uh, Shorts Brew. Uh, my wife bought me a six pack probably six, eight months ago. And that kind of turned into one of my favorites over the last six to eight months. So that's what I'm drinking, at least the first pour for tonight. And then as far as how I got into insurance. Um, so I was at Michigan State uh, studying economics. So that's what I, I graduated I, I, with. Sorry, I, but I, this is the down part of the Zoom meetings is like interruptions <laughs> and stuff, the natural conversation <laughs> flow. But clearly, uh, anybody watching that sees a basketball, football helmet, I don't know what that is in the upper right corner. Uh, I think my wife did some like glass art, so that's okay. what is right here. Yeah. She's very talented in many ways. This is just some grab bag basket and God knows what else. Yeah, so graduated Michigan so, State, sorry. Yep, and uh, actually simultaneous to my um, senior year, I started studying for uh, insurance licensing. So actually, you know, at the MSU business, uh, you know, conference and whatnot, there were many vendors there and that's when I first got plugged into insurance. So. Um, a little bit more on the financial and insurance aspect of things, but I had some of those exams knocked out upon graduation and, and I started at 21 years old in this field and I've had a couple stops along the way, but now I'm heading into my 15th year of insurance. And so, uh, yeah, it's been good to me and, and I, uh, I think I've done some good along the way and oddly enough, probably the same sick mind that enjoys economics probably enjoys insurance. So it, it's probably good for, for me and good for my clients. Awesome. So, um, and Hey, whoa, whoa, I have to interrupt. What are you drinking? I was going to say, by the way, cause I feel like somehow I missed this. So you may or may not know if you follow me on social media, I've been doing keto for almost two months now. So I saw the commercial St. Archer's gold. I don't know if they have okay. there. Okay. I've seen those two. I have not tried one. 95 calories, which I don't really care as much about the calories. 2.6 grams of carbs. It's okay. only 4.6. 2% alcohol. So that's the downside. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a normal, a normal beer is at least five and then you start going up from there. Um, but this tastes pretty good. Uh, good. Nothing against Michelob Ultra. I've drank plenty of them, especially mm -hmm. if I'm doing low carb, but I think this one's better. So that's, that's my, uh, 
one of my go-tos uh, these days. That's excellent. Yeah, so it's good stuff. So well, you're a better man than I. I've done keto, and then usually I, I break stride by lunch, and then I try again the next day. It is. Uh, it's tricky, and the one thing about keto that a lot of people may not really understand is that you you don't get cheat days. So mm-hmm. you know if if you know a lot about you know working out diets and things like that, you know that a lot of times people will talk about cheat day. Um, if you follow The Rock, who's uh, you know mm. incredibly inspirational and fun to watch on social media his sunday cheat days are awesome yeah i mean his french toast is like that thick it's got (laughs) peanut butter and now he's mixing in some of his uh tequila and stuff and it's Mm -hmm. it's fantastic you don't get that in keto because of course if you cheat it you get out of ketosis which means you're not burning the fat that you're taking in anymore which means now you're just getting fat so That's the hard part, but the easy part is you kind of know what to do, and you just either do it or you don't. And if you don't, then yep. you better get into something else because a high-fat diet with a bunch of carbs is not a good mixture. <laughs> yes. Amen. Well, it looks like you're doing great on that, man. Keep it up. Yeah, so far, 10 or 11 pounds at least. And, uh, you know, obviously doing some workouts and whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, for me, a diet that I can follow, it just keeps me in line, you know. When I try to eat healthy, I do, but then when I give the kids a handful of Doritos, then I might grab a handful and say, well, it's just a handful, you know, but I forgot Guilty. that I had two cookies and I had something else. And and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it is just a handful on top of all the other crap that I put into my body. So Oh, yeah. It's easy. Mindless. Yeah, sure. it is. And especially when you do one little thing at a time. So you grab like one Oreo at lunch, like it's just an Oreo, it's cool. But then you grab one at three, and you grab one after dinner. And then, of course, the kids had Oreos, so I had to have one then. So I've had four. And you start looking at that, and you're like, well, that was an extra 300 calories, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. So Sounds like you have cameras in my house, because that describes <laughs> me very well. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of my um, thing. And, and so when I do this, it's very easy for me to forego certain stuff, um, because I know that I can't. And so uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We all got to find our certain mental place, and that's the one yep. that seems to work for me. And then um, I think it's if you do keto the right way, it's actually pretty healthy because Good. you are taking in fats, but you take in plenty of vegetables, especially green veggies. Um, and it's not it's not eat bacon wrapped hot dogs. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I know a lot of people think it is, um, but that is not the basis of the diet. So uh, so it actually can be pretty good, pretty healthy, pretty fun. And um, anything that I can still drink a little bit is helpful. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You got to have a little vice here and there. So not, well, a, not a Sunday rock cheat meal, but still a nice little outlet. Yeah. And trust me, if I could be the rock and I could have his cheat meals, I absolutely would. Um, Amen, brother. Not to say I can't, but uh, it's certainly not in my plans anytime soon or <laughs> stuff. So, so insurance agent, and we obviously kind of know each other because you wrote a policy for me. So I feel like there's so much to talk about because we're in Michigan and mm-hmm. a lot of headlines about auto insurance. But before we even go there, I'm very curious, health, um, sorry, life insurance, yep. have policies changed? Have they become easier or more strict to get all yeah. say, oh, I don't know, March? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um, 
So great question. Uh, I will say before COVID, right, there was a push in the life insurance industry to get a little bit more streamlined. You and I know there's there's tons of data out there, right? So the old school way of doing life insurance is, you know, pee in a cup, get height, weight, blood pressure, have that examiner come out the house. Plus they pull uh, attending physician statements, basically doctor's notes and do questionnaires and they compile it all together and here's what your rating is. Before COVID, a lot of carriers had already made headway, um, maybe at smaller benefit amounts, but already made headway on some automation. So, hey, Joe Muck wants a life insurance policy. We might have four to 5,000 data points out there, right? What's he buying at the grocery store? Or how many times a week is he going to McDonald's? How many times is he going to the cigar shop versus going to the gym, right? So they, they can use a lot of those things as well as you know, credit type scoring and compile in for not everyone, but kind of maybe under 40 or under 50 year olds within a certain age and health bracket, some of those beta points and make an automatic offer. So that was kind of coming about before uh, COVID, uh, as you alluded to in March came around. But I will say that uh, some carriers kind of paused writing for certain age groups or certain health levels, usually those lower health levels. Um, some carriers actually up the ante and said, Hey, we're going to increase the benefit amount that we will allow, but we're going to require that everyone sign off that you do not have COVID. You haven't had COVID. You're not self quarantining. You don't have symptoms. You're not waiting for results. So a lot of it was the, were the affidavits and sign off saying you haven't been exposed to the best of your knowledge. And there's still a lot of life insurance being written out there. So Hopefully that answers your question. It definitely hasn't shut down the business. Uh, it does, you know, I don't know of a carrier that said we're not taking new policy holders, but there's a lot of carriers that say we're going to maybe change the way we do it. Some for the better, some a little bit more restrictive or for the worse. But uh, I will say that's tailed off a little bit. Of course, we're maybe heading into a, a little second wave or a, or a continuation of this first wave, however you want to look at it. Sure. So we'll, we'll see if things change again. And and what about, I mean, like when we did ours, I did have the in-home visit. Um, what, I mean, I have to imagine that there was some change there or hesitancy at the beginning. Maybe it's gotten better. Maybe it hasn't. Um, you know, so how, how did the company that's giving the policy, how have they gone about getting that done um, lately? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there are some people that uh, I'd say were in the process of getting life insurance that maybe postponed getting the exam. There were also, I'd say, a shortage of examiners that were comfortable going into somebody's home. So there were some of those natural delays. And so different underwriting departments uh, maybe allowed for somebody to have a, a life app, you know, just kind of in transition for a longer period of time. Usually you've got to kind of stay the process and knock that out in maybe 30 to 60 days but they allowed for people to leave that app application active and then maybe activate on it in later months because they knew of some of the financial delays or health concern delays. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say policies were still written um, for sure. And then I think there were some natural, Hey, let's revisit this after the fact, both for hey budgetary concerns, but also, you know, not inviting strangers in their house to, you know, make them pee in a cup or take blood. So right. any, a lot of people did things uh, to reduce exposure, which was yeah. uh, not, not a bad decision by any means. Well, and that was certainly my case, right? I mean, I, I was like, yeah, I'm really interested in this. And um, you gave me some different options and breakdowns. And 
Um, and I think that's a really big thing that people need to understand, whether they're using you or anybody else, um, is really understanding what your policy is or why your policy is. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, as I'm 39, um, and I had a different policy that I got at 32 or 33, maybe even younger, I don't know, 28, somewhere in there. And, um, and so, you know, I have different premiums now, but mm-hmm. You know, life insurance is a really tough thing from a consumer standpoint because you sit here and say, well, I know that if I did die, my family could use X dollars, whether it's 10000 or $10 million, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't plan on dying. And mm-hmm. I go to the gym and I'm doing, you know, ketogenic diets and, you know, like stuff like that, right? So you're going like, I should be okay. And... But like, that's not why you're ever getting the policy. At the same time, you say, okay, I'm pretty healthy and it costs X dollars um, a year or a month or whatever. I don't know if it's worth it, you know, and it's like, it's only Mm -hmm. a few hundred and few meaning three, six, you know, something under a thousand uh, for the policy. And, and so it's kind of tricky. But that was certainly my case where I was like, all right, cool, let's let's think about doing this. And then you give me all the numbers and I have the person in the house. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, man, we're not doing anything right now that we don't have yep. financially, you know, um, pump the brakes. Don't know, you know, how many houses am I going to sell when, you know, when this goes on or we get out of it or whatever. Don't know if my wife as a nurse practitioner is going to have a job. So not dropping yeah. 200 bucks. I already have a policy and you know, if I die, that's going to have to suffice. So, yeah. Um, but, but obviously things got a little better. And so we got the policy together, but like, I guess from an insurance agent standpoint, mm-hmm. outside of the sale, because I think at the end of the day, it's not about the sale. It's about helping people, you know, like mm-hmm. how, why on earth should a 39 year old, relatively healthy guy who already has, a policy uh think mm-hmm. about another policy you know how does that yeah. happen? absolutely well my if, if i were to get back into the files and you know get back into the nitty-gritty with you i would probably venture to guess that when you got that policy when you're 28 or 32 years old you know maybe you didn't have uh so many demands on you or so many you know financial uh, responsibilities right so i i look in your background and I see, you know, a picture of a wife and then some kids and right, you have a house. And so when you were 28 or 32, the financial obligations you had probably weren't as great, right? So as we get older, as we bring others into our fold, um, we we have a promise to them, spoken or unspoken, right? So we want to fulfill that. So getting something in place early is always great. Some people will buy life insurance up to six or seven different times throughout the years as needs change. So why someone would consider it because they have a, a financial promise to somebody and the pain of not having that in place probably far outweighs the pain of let's say a couple hundred dollars a year or even a thousand dollars a year in premium and these are the conversations i have with people all the time right and it's a real world conversation i don't want to be the guy that takes away you know pizza on friday nights or trips up to you know zender's water park or disney world well when those things are open <laughs> right. um you know but at the same time I care about the people that you care about. And so in a lot of instances, life insurance makes sense to fill that role that Joe fills um, financially. I can never replace a Joe, um, but hopefully 
we can, with pennies on the dollar, fill what financial you know gifts you bring into the household on a monthly or annual basis so that you know even if I'm not here as a parent, the kids still will go to the colleges I want them to or you know live the lifestyle they want to or go to the schools or play the sports that I want them to uh, at least be able to do if they want. So you know it's it's a it's a delicate dance, right? No one loves paying for life insurance and you and I as let's say the insureds will never see the benefit of it. But hopefully, if you you know whoever's a believer, um, we think that hey, if if that happens, that worst day comes, and I'm looking down from heaven, I know that my family is, is living the best life they possibly can in my absence. Yeah. So well, you know, and clearly, freak accidents happen and those types of things. And oh, yeah. Car accidents obviously happen quite regularly. Yep. Um, but you know, I think for me, I mean, that was what happened with with myself and my wife. We both got insurance policies after our first son was born. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like I got it at like 28 or 29. But um, it could have been a couple of years later just because of finances. I don't know. But I feel like we did right away because we said, well, you know, there's this extra life to be accounted for. Um, and, you know, should one of us not be here, the other person might struggle um, to maintain a certain quality of life and have college exactly. and those types of things. Uh, we're, we're both fortunate. You know, we have um, good jobs. Um, you know, we, we make reasonable financial decisions, things like that. And so um, to take one of those things away, the other person would still make more than the average income in the country, but it would significantly change our lifestyle, significantly oh, yeah. change our ability to live in the house that we live in, drive the car that we drive. We don't have anything. We have two Fords. We don't have like a couple of Bentleys outside or anything, <laughs> but you know, drive the cars that we drive and then pay for the sports and pay for the, this and pay for the, that, you know, even little things that happen on the day to day, if you're strapped, you know, for cash, the ice cream man's like two bucks these days, you know, maybe three or four, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what ice cream they want. Um, and so uh, I said for sure, I did not want to leave this earth you know, with also leaving debt. So I wanted to yep. make sure we could at least pay off like the mortgage at a minimum, you know? Yep. And then like you said, basically the purpose of my increased secondary policy now is, okay, well, I want to also make sure that there's some college money, um, some money to cover the funeral, some money to pay off basically all existing debts that are kind of here. Yeah. College not being one of them because we don't know what that's going to actually cost. But, mm -hmm. you know, pay off existing debts and have some cash to put into the college fund so that the yep. other provider can continue providing debt-free. It would be – that's a lot easier, you know. So well, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the worst story you can hear is, you know, I lost a parent. But essentially, they lost two parents because now that single parent has to go get a third or a fourth job, right? Mm -hmm. Or now you've got to move out of that house you can't afford anymore and maybe move those kids into a different school district, right? So now you're changing the teams they play on, the friends they hang out with, the neighborhoods they're used to, on top of the fact that they lost one of the most important figures in their life, right? It just compounds that, that pain and agony. So again, if we can, as you've done, take away a lot of that financial stress and strain. I mean, the, the, I'd say the best scenario, the best story that someone can tell is other than losing my parent or loved one, life went on the same. I mean, I, it sounds morbid, but that's probably the best case scenario is that 
we didn't miss a house payment. We didn't have to move, right? We never, we didn't have to eat ramen when we were used to eating steak, right? We didn't have to, you know, I don't know, change the backyard sandlot when we were used to playing travel ball. So all of those things, you know, you're doing what you would have done if you were on earth. And so, no, it's a, it's a good responsible thing that, that you've done, that I've done, that a lot of our clients have, you know, pursued to do. And it's just understanding it. And you're absolutely right. It can be complicated. There's a lot of different options out there, but probably just like our house, right? There's a lot of options so that you can find the exact right fit for your needs, whether it's a 8,000 square foot house or a $10 million life insurance policy or a starter, right? Like when you're 28, you know, so a lot of parallels for sure. And And budget's always a concern. For sure. So to that point, say I don't have, say I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making and a living, you know, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a, you know, police officer, fireman, something like that. So a, a reasonable income, but you're certainly not going to tip the 1% scale or anything anytime mm-hmm. soon. Do we have a policy that I can buy from a person like yourself that maybe is only at least enough to cover the funeral expenses, you know? And, and Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in short, there are what, what you would call a final expense policy, right? Something in that fifteen dollars to $30,000 range, depending on how much you want to put in place, that uh, is strictly for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, the, the clients that I'm talking to are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and maybe want to do a little bit more for, again, those people in their life. So we're often talking about, and maybe it's a very short-term policy, um, you know, they exist in 10 and 20 year, 15 year type term policies, as well as much longer. But that gives you an opportunity to not be out too much, um, maybe even reduce the, the benefit or face amount, as they would call it, um, you know, to something in the, the 100000 or $150,000 range. And while that's a good chunk of change to many, when we're looking at premiums, I mean, we've written policies as low as 11 to $14 a month. So, you know, most people, can probably find that kind of extra money, whether it's buying a couple less energy drinks or buying one less six pack of micro brews a month. Um, most people can find that money. And, uh, and then it's just prioritizing, right? Instead of me stopping the convenience store and grabbing a pop every day or every other day, if I can, if I can put that into something that will make an impact or at least buy some time for my loved ones to get on their own two feet, if I leave, that's probably a win. So you know, when I think most people overestimate life insurance premiums by about four or five times. So, you know, when you really sit down with someone and, and digest it, it's very, it's much more affordable than people realize. Yeah. I, and you're right. And if I didn't have the initial policy, there was a no brainer back in February when you first gave me the numbers. Right. But because I had one, I had to, we had to find the right balance. And that was something that I'm going to just come back to how important it really was to have yourself and minimally somebody like yourself who could say, well, you don't have to do another 30 year term policy. Here's, excuse me, here's some options, you know, mm-hmm. 10 year, here's a 20 year, here's a 30 year. And here's some price points that you can get for those terms and how much they are to have those price points. So if you really do feel like, we only need to get you through to 60 for now. And then at 60, you could evaluate a different policy. And this was, mm-hmm. I mean, and I've had, I've been very fortunate to work with good insurance agents throughout my adulthood. Um, Excellent. And so 
but it was the first time that somebody really explained it to me. And, and I'm sure some of it was my age when you said, well, when you're 60, hopefully your financial implications are lower, right? Because my kids are eight and 11. I'm not quite 40. So mm-hmm. we'll go up 20 years to now 31 and 28. Hopefully I'm not paying for college. <laughs> hopefully I'm not paying for their food. Hopefully I'm mm-hmm. not paying for, right? So their expense is gone. And anybody who has kids, I don't care how rich or poor you are, knows how expensive they are. Uh, yep. And so if that expense is gone, maybe the mortgage is paid off. If it's not, hopefully because we downsized, so the mortgage is less. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. Gas maybe is less because you're not driving as much for work. I mean, you know, you're certainly oh, not. Yeah. All those things change. You said, well, you don't need the same life insurance policy now. Now you need something to help kind of finish up some, uh, maybe a couple things, pay for the funeral. Yeah. And it was like, so yes – at 60, your life insurance premiums are higher, but you don't need the X dollars that you think that you need today. You need a different yep. dollar amount. And so it's going to help offset. And I was like, huh, that makes a mm-hmm. ton of sense. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I'll, I'll probably screw it up, but you know, if we had a little access, right, your, your debts and dependencies and mortgage, right, should slowly go down. And hopefully if you and the wife are successful, the, the income and savings and investments and interest rates will go up. And so, yeah, that, that inverse relationship leads exactly to what, what you said and what we obviously talked about months ago, which is what you need today will differ than from what you need 10 years from now or 20 years from now or, or 30 years from now. And again, right. there's no cookie cutter. This is what every person should do in your age bracket. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who tries to shove someone in a box and say, this is what you should do, should walk the other way or, or the prospect or client should walk the other way. It's really, what do you want to achieve with it? What can you afford? What do you truly believe and, and what will help satisfy that? And some people just say, Hey, my kids will have to fend for themselves. I fend for myself and I'm not interested in gifting them anything upon my passing. And, you know, it's just a rite of passage and I don't think I can change that person. So then that's, what's right for them. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny too because when you when you really start to think about like your finances and what they look like, what they could look like, you you kind of you, you alluded to it earlier. Like you could find the money that you need to make sure that your family is taken care of, you mm-hmm. know. And I just look at it if you have kids, you know. Obviously, everyone has a different relationship with a with a spouse or partner or, or what have you, um, and maybe it's a former, right? And so maybe you're not mm-hmm. worried about that person. But if you have kids, I just think, I just feel like as a parent, I just owe it to them that if something unfortunate and tragic does happen, um, that they have some sort of opportunity and, you know, maybe even an extra opportunity, you know, because the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is like... Uh, I'm selling a lot of houses, but I probably am worth more dead than I am alive right now. Okay. Yeah. Be careful who you share that with. Spouses yeah. included. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we're sharing it with the world. Uh, yeah. Let's make it go viral. But, you know, I mean, seriously, like one, one payout is going to be more than I'm going to make this year. It's, but, but 
the purpose of it, and that's why one reason it's called life insurance is because it's to help cover my lifetime. So it's exactly. not where I'm going to make for the next 20 years. That's, that's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but anyways, enough about this uh, literal morbid uh, topic. Um, so in Michigan, you know, we had a big change maybe, um, and it's on the news and it's in your Facebook and, you know, it's all over the place. And I definitely talked to, you know, my uh, auto insurance agent and said, like, what do I need to do? And they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. And so they broke it down. We had a long conversation. And, you know, uh, and I've got the time if you do, but I'm guessing you don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, what? what the heck just happened? And for anyone who is unfamiliar, even if you're in Michigan, we have yeah. no fault in Michigan, which mm -hmm. means ultimately it's supposed to be nobody's fault. And so correct me if I'm wrong, really where that comes down is your insurance pays for you. My insurance pays for me. And in theory, it's supposed to be that way, but there's all these other loopholes to that yep. injury and liability. And then also uh, help me with the term, um probably personal injury protection or medical or no there's an un underinsured what's the term that like i can always go after you even if it mini is mini tort yes there you go okay so that that too that thing that whole thing and yep. so it's like no fault still isn't really no fault there's still issues with it but like yes what in the world changed that <laughs> on july 1st here yep so I always like to simplify no fault has been and no fault for the most part will continue to be you're responsible for your vehicle. I'm responsible for my vehicle, right? So you get to elect on yours if and what you want for comprehensive deductible. So that's glass breakage, fire theft, vandalism, if you hit a deer, that kind of stuff, or what you want for your deductible on a collision, you know, which is just that, or if you want PLPD, which is no physical damage covered. So really, no fault has kept lawsuits out of the courtroom for me suing you to fix my metal and you suing me to fix your metal. That's now, how I states, simplify it. Maybe not all 49 other states, but in other states, yep. you can do that, right? So I hit you, you, I, I ruined your Range Rover, you don't drive a Range Rover, yep. uh, you know, no. and, um, and, and you get to say, hey, you know, it's $25,000 to fix this yep. Range Rover. And so you can sue me to pay for your damage in, in yeah. some of our other states, correct? Some of the other states uh, have components of no fault, no fault insurance. Um, and then you're right. There are some that have looser parameters on, on what we can sue each other for as, called, as it comes to physical damage of the vehicle. Okay. So you, yep, you're absolutely right. I will speak to Michigan because that's where I am primarily licensed and do our, our business. Um, so, yeah, no fault in a, in our state is basically just think about that physical damage portion of things. Now, obviously, there's a mini tort situation where if you rear end my vehicle and you know I, I'm out of some deductible money, I could get some back, um, but that's usually quite minor. It used to be you know five hundred to a thousand dollars. I think now it's raised to three thousand dollars, so it's still insufficient to you know, replace or fix uh, any significant vehicle. So that's why we all do our own part on our own policy to maintain the deductible that we're comfortable with for the physical damage portion of things. Okay. So now as far as all the other stuff, 
right? All the liability and personal injury protection and the MCCA charges, all of those things have been affected come July 1st. But I'll try to simplify it and truncate it so this isn't a five-hour conversation. So I think that the first one that is pretty automatic when someone renews or writes a new policy after July of this year is the reduction in MCCA. So that's at Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association Fund. So that was around $220, $230 per vehicle per year, automatically taken no matter what carrier we're with. It doesn't go to the carrier, it goes straight to the state fund, straight to the state fund. That has now been reduced to $100 per vehicle per year. So, you know, about $130 per vehicle of savings. So that's, let's say, $260 off the top in your household as soon as someone writes a new policy or renews after July. So that's good. That number can further be reduced to even zero, depending on what people's uh, decisions are when it comes to personal injury protection. So that's that second choice and what the governor really wanted to roll out to give people not only choice, but additional savings options. So um, this is where we've always had unlimited medical. So as far as that not no fault component was the fact that we couldn't sue each other for medical bills because you maintained unlimited on yours and I maintained unlimited on mine. Now, as of July 1st, we now have choice. So we can maintain unlimited. We can choose a $500,000 medical option, a $250,000 medical option, or if someone's on Medicare or Medicaid, they can further reduce it or completely opt out. Probably like anything in the world, there's pros and cons of those decisions, right? Sure. So, so obviously with those decisions, if someone lowers those limits, there's potentially additional savings. So options and savings was really what the headlines read over the last year since this bill was initially signed last summer. And so I think there was a lot of excitement about the droves of savings. There's some savings involved, but um, not as much, I think, as people initially thought. I think the thought was, hey, I'm going to save 50% of my auto insurance, where the more realistic story is you can save up to 50% on certain categories within it. So mm -hmm. I, I give the analogy of you're not saving 50% on your entire wardrobe, Joe, but I can save you 50% on your pants, Sure, if that makes sense. So, sure. um, so some good things, some choices, uh, but a lot of confusion that goes along with that. Then there's a lot of other things that are kind of behind the scenes that you either won't realize until you kind of get the medical bills. So that kind of alludes to um, kind of the reimbursement schedule. So auto insurance was this open checkbook with no bureau auditing, you know, how much abuse was going on. And the fact that, you know, doctors could get reimbursed two to three times more if it was billed against auto insurance than if it was billed against major medical or workers comp. So, you know, of course, that might shift some people's billing tactics. So that's getting reined income next year, which is good. Um, some things that won't be realized until there's actually an accident is who is covered. So it used to be, hey, anyone in your car driving your vehicle that you toss the keys to would be covered under your policy. But now they have what's called an order of priority, meaning instead of everyone under the sun, essentially, now it's limited to, hey, are you a driver? Are you an insured? Are you a resident relative? And if not, then the medical coverage goes to whatever that person's policy is, or if they don't have a policy, it would then go to the state claims association with a maximum of 250,000 of medical coverage. So, you know, those are probably the, the biggest factors um, that are involved with, the, with auto reform. 
And really, just as you did, it's advisable to talk to your agent or talk to a couple different agents or, you know, get some get some options. But by all means, don't just say, you know, drag the price tool all the way to the bottom and save me as much money as possible because people are going to find pain when there's real need, right? When they do have a claim. And and that's one thing that is going to be interesting to see uh, over the next year or the next three years is, okay, now that people have choice on how much medical they cover, if they get an accident and someone else causes it, and that medical portion of their auto policy is insufficient, now you can sue that person for medical reimbursement. You used to not be able to. You used to be able to sue for like death, disfigurement, pain, anguish, loss of wages, those kind of things. But now you tie in a whole new category. And you and I know you spend a couple of days in the ER with, you know, drip lines and surgeries. That bill is going to be pretty hefty. Sure. So. So, and I have some questions about that portion of things. But before mm-hmm. we go down that path. Okay. So we used to have unlimited and now I can choose. Yep. And I'm supposed to choose by going through my medical insurance uh, policy mm-hmm. and figuring out what they cover. Yep. But where do I see where what the auto insurance covers? Because my belief is that the auto insurance policy on the medical side of things, so I'm in a car accident and I have medical needs and I'm using yep. auto insurance to cover it, that there's way less limitations. Like I don't run into, well, you only get 20 rehab visits or you only yep. get X of this or Y of that. And um, I mean, like, is it just basically it's always like unlimited or where do you see that information? How do you really compare this apples to apples? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always ask your carrier, your agent for the policy details, but you're absolutely right. The auto health insurance, and it's really more than just health insurance, but the auto personal injury protection category is super robust and you hit the nail on the head. It's almost limitless and and it can go as far as attendant care, physical therapy, obviously in hospital needs, uh, prescription drugs, concurrent surgery. So let's say you get in a car accident and you injure your knee. And because of that, you have a limp for 30 years. And because you have a limp, you cause strain on your hip and you need surgery on your hip 30 years later. Mm -hmm. That concurrent surgery would be covered. Or, hey, I'm in a wheelchair. I now have to build ramps at my house. I have to wide doorways. I have to make for a zero entry shower. Those are all things that would, that construction aspect would never be covered under a major medical, but that's covered under personal injury protection with an auto policy. So you're absolutely right. The auto policy is uncomparable. It's not just, you know, how many days in the in the doctor's office uh, or ER, you know, how much prescription drugs, how many chiropractic visits. And you're right. You need to, first of all, coordinate with your health insurance to see if they're primary or secondary, then compare, all right, what's their schedule of benefits or explanation of benefits versus this unlimited, robust auto. Um, and I mean, I think the short answer is, I don't want any one of my friends or families or clients to be the first to test this water. So, you know, if it's within budget, I would probably, I would, I would maintain unlimited. And you're talking about the difference of maybe 20 or $30 per individual per month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I could sell you a, a policy for, to call it $250 a year and say, Joe, you don't have to worry about a thing. If you get in an auto accident, 
that's probably worth the premium. Yeah. And that's basically what can be built into or maintained in the auto insurance policies. So, and I, uh, I personally agree. Um, I guess, you know, I've been fortunate slash unfortunate enough that, you know, my mom had a stroke at 40, uh, became diabetic at 50, uh, got diverticulitis at 60. She had surgeries, ICU, um, long-term facility care, short-term facility care, in-home care, and eventually another surgery, ICU, passed away at 66. But I never personally was able to get those medical bills because I was not the person responsible for them. But I know what some of the stuff costs. And I know when she had her stroke, uh, for uh, no pun intended, a stroke of luck, my dad's insurance kicked in because he had started a newer job on like July, say, 1st. And her stroke was July 3rd or something crazy like that. I mean, we were literally days away from basically no coverage to coverage. And he had a really good policy through Health Alliance plan at the time that covered, you know, pretty much everything she needed and but there were like a there was like a limitation now i think it was a hundred but it was a limitation on um uh therapy visits and the one Mm -hmm. with their policy maybe not specific at that moment but over time i remember one thing about that policy being it was therapy physical therapy um speech their speech pathologist you know, all those people. And when now, you know, you're not going to have a stroke covered through uh, auto insurance. But in this example, when you have a stroke, you normally have at least three therapists working with you because you have someone Mm -hmm. helping you walk, someone helping you talk and someone helping you swallow and eat and things like that. So those three different therapists, that's three. And if I see them all four times a week, that's 12. And so start dividing a hundred into that. And you can see that you don't have a lot of coverage. Yeah. Now, fortunately, some of those eventually kind of should go away, depending on the severity of the stroke. So you won't have a stroke if you're in a car accident, but you certainly could have the same reaction, right, from mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury or other things. So I'm on board with the unlimited myself, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know that everybody is, and I certainly understand that many people probably do need to save the dollars. But again, mm-hmm. that's why I asked, like, where do I really compare these things apples to apples? Because I just, I feel like insurance is such a tricky, hard thing to understand in the first place. Now, we're all supposed to be able to pull out our two policies and hold them side by side and say, this is what I want. You know, it's not. Yeah, it, I, I would say it's going to be hard to try to compare apples to apples or go line by line and say, what is there? I, I do think that your health insurance policy because of you know healthcare reform years ago, they have those explanations of benefits. So that's a little bit more explicitly detailed. But you're right on an auto, um, it's it's just it's so robust and it's so open, which is good. But you're right, it's very hard to compare. So I guess at the end of the day, you're right. It's it's my job to educate somebody on the pros and cons, and then let them decide. But ultimately, it's Hey, if worst case scenario happened, right, you get in a severe car accident and let's say your health insurance does fall short, right? You go, you bleed through the visits and you do all those things. Is a hundred thousand 
sufficient is 200,000 sufficient is, you know, how, how much of assets do we want to protect? And, you know, before we really potentially bankrupt that, that person or that family. Yeah. So, and some people are risk averse. Some people are risk takers. Some people only have to worry about themselves. And then you're right. There's some people and, and we've had plenty of clients that have had that exact same conversation, which is I need to save every dollar possible, right? They're, they're living week to week and, and that's, all that they can do and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe as time changes and, and income and assets change, they can increase it. And hopefully there wasn't anything severe that happened between the date of that change of the auto policy and maybe the, the increase of that auto policy. But I think it's like anything else, right? You're going to educate somebody on the different features and benefits of a house and they're going to love it, but maybe can't afford it. Or they're going to see the value in something and figure out some other ways to pay for it because they, they want that and need that in their life. So, you know, again, a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Okay. And so now we've got myself figured out. I know what I want for me and, and people in my car. Mm-hmm. Now we've got this other aspect of you because I hit you yep. or maybe, even, yep. you know, I hit you and now you want me to cover my insurance to cover <laughs> some of your medical expense. And yep. you said it earlier that we didn't, we weren't able to sue for something like that before, but now we can. Yep. But we have options again, don't we? We get to choose. Absolutely. Okay, so I'll, you know, f that guy. I don't want to cover you. I want zero dollars, <laughs> so I'm good, right? I'm safe now. Is that <laughs> essentially? So you can drive around illegally with zero dollars, but <laughs> now the new minimums. It used to be twenty forty, so twenty thousand per incident, forty thousand dollars total. Now it's increased to 50,000, 100,000. So 50,000 per individual, 100,000 aggregate with the state recommendation of 250, 500,000. So if you choose less than that, you actually have to sign a, a waiver or affidavit saying, I know I'm under the state recommendation, but I'm still going to ride this way. So you're right. Someone says, I'm going as cheap as possible. I'm reducing, you know, that coverage as much as possible. Um, you know, both in the bodily injury and on an underinsured portion. Now you get into accident. The choice that you have to defend yourself and protect your assets is in that bodily injury category. That's that check that would go to others. So I want to sue you because I can't go to work or I can't enjoy life. I can't golf the, as good as I used to because I have the shoulder problem because of the car accident that you caused, Joe, and I want to sue you, right? Mm-hmm. So whether that's for medical or it's just quality of life or disfigurement, something of that nature, your bodily injury category is what is, is going to cover. So oftentimes you'll see that in the $100,000 increments, oftentimes upwards of 500000 or even a million. And then on top of that, for those that are, you know, have assets worth protecting or income potential worth protecting, um, or just overall concerned that now there's going to be a lot more medical lawsuits, now you can tack on what's called an umbrella which is just additional pure liability only policy. So, you know, those are sold in million dollar increments. And again, that's a pretty big, sorry, my wife's looking at me creepily through the, the glass door in our office. Okay. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she scares me sometimes. Um, anyway, those are sold in million dollar increments. And I'll, while that's a, a big dollar amount, you're probably talking a hundred to $200 a year for that additional million dollars of liability on top of your base auto insurance policy. So, so I'm, I'm asking this intentionally, like facetiously, but why do I want that? Why do I care about you? I care about me mm-hmm. and my family. Yep. 
So I, I signed the form. I took the lowest minimum possible. So you can only get the lowest minimum possible from me, right? Like that's why I signed it. Great question. So the, the truth is no. So if I have, a, I have, uh, one, I have 100, 300. So I've got $100,000, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all that you can sue my insurance policy for. But anything that my policy is insufficient with, now you can come after me. And now you, you would do what's called an asset interrogatory. Your lawyer would come look at all my stuff, right? What equity do I have in my house? What, what money do I have in 401ks or SEPs or IRAs or 403Bs or checking and savings accounts or bullion or whatever, right? Now you can sue me against that. And if that's insufficient, you can wage garnish me 25% for the rest of my life. So I'm in my 30s. I probably plan to work 30 more years. Um, you know, you can do some quick math. Uh, that's going to be a lot of coin out of my pocket if I'm giving you and your family 25% of my check every two weeks or every month. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, you, you think you're doing yourself a favor or saying screw the other guy, but in the long run, you could be screwing yourself very badly. Sure. And and realize, too, and you probably do, you, you, you obviously have done a lot of research on this and had good conversations with your, your auto agent about it, but also by having a good bodily injury coverage, which is that check that would go to others, it also allows you to have a good what's called un and underinsured co- coverage as well. And that's that check that, so if I hit you and I've got jack for coverage and I've got, you know, jack for assets that you can sue against or, you know, I'm not the, the contributing member of society that, you know, has a, is gainfully employed and you can't wage garnish me. Now your policy in that un and underinsured category would have the opportunity to pay you whatever that limit is. So again, it's, it's all about protecting income and protecting assets, whether it's you need it or you need to get it in place uh, to protect yourself against someone else's lawsuit. So and the last, maybe last question about the auto, the new auto reform is that mm-hmm. I know um, what happens. Fortunately, I don't have to deal with mortgages because I know what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Seal family gets a refinance, and you guys got two point seven five on a thirty year fixed. So I go, oh, I'm gonna go get a refinance. I need two point seven five on a thirty year fixed. But I don't know your credit score. I don't know your debt to income ratio. I don't know if you paid points. I don't know if you got lender credits. I don't know. I don't know all those things. But I know that you got two point seven five because that's what you told me about. Yeah. You tell me you had an eight hundred credit score and you had a twenty percent debt to income ratio and you didn't tell me all those things. You just said two point seven five. So I yeah. have to imagine that the same thing is occurring with auto insurance right now, and it probably always has, but especially now. Well. Andrew's uh, Andrew's auto insurance went up a hundred bucks a month because of this <laughs> reform. Is auto insurance really going up on on average? Can it go up? You know what would cause it to go up? If I did no change mm-hmm. to my policy, would I like yeah. policy renews in October? I didn't okay. do anything. Would I likely get a new bill, bigger, higher, more expensive? Yep. So um, so. Earlier, I joked that you had a camera in my house when we talked about Oreos and stuff. I feel like you have a camera in my office um, <laughs> as well, Joe. I'm going to have to audit that. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, my neighbor pays this. Why do I pay more? Right? And there's umpteen different variables from your, your age, your driving record, your claims history, the vehicles, the age, you know, 
all of those factors, as you alluded to, uh, advantage scores, which are kind of like credit scores, discounts, alumni associations, safe driver stuff. There's umpteen different factors that play into algorithms for every carrier. And really, probably like a mortgage lender, until I run the numbers and get into your nitty gritty, I can't tell you what the premiums are going to be. But you're right. We have those questions happen all the time to answer yours in general. Most often, premiums are going down. I would say there's probably about 20 to 30% of people that will benefit from staying out of the new auto reform rates as long as they can. So you alluded to you renew in October. So you've got a few months. There's about 20 or 30% of people that because of the, the categories that they could get credits for before auto reform that are now considered discriminatory they actually are better off with the previous rating and, and discounts than they are in the new auto reform where I would say the masses say 70 to 80% of people are going to be in a better boat once they jump into auto reform rates, because again, automatically a reduction in MCCA, then you have other choices. Um, then there's some trickle down economics of, of to see how this pans out, right? Is there going to be an increase in claims? Is there going to be a decrease in medical payouts and reimbursements? Are there going to be more people that jump into auto insurance? I, I think if we, we look back at Obamacare and health insurance, right, there was the hope that there's 30 million people that don't have health insurance that now will jump in and contribute, which will feed the pool and reduce, you know, loss ratios. Obviously, that didn't happen with the health insurance side of things. So the same curiosity exists with about 20% of Michiganders on whether or not they will, for the first time, get auto insurance. And that's one factor we didn't talk about, which doesn't come up too frequently. But if someone does not have prior insurance, they can now, for the first time, jump in with a standard carrier in this 18-month window and get auto insurance at a, a basically a fair standard rate, where before they had to go to a high-risk carrier for six months Pay basically a you know their their toll there, um, call it their penance, and then transition to a standard carrier. So we'll see. Do more people pay in? How many maintain unlimited and contribute to that fund? How is that fund depleted? Are there more lawsuits? Um, yeah, it's it, it's a in my economic brain, it's kind of fun to think about, but it's kind of a nightmare for many. Yeah, no, well, it's definitely. I mean. I think, like I said earlier, insurance in general is just, it's hard to understand. It's not like it's a one-page document that breaks it down. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you get a synopsis, it's like three to five pages. Um, oh, for sure. And and to understand really what you're doing there, and you start seeing things, and it's like there's these lines going down the screen this way and going this way, and you've got like, you know, 30, 60, 90, and then you see like 10,000, 100,000, 1 million. <laughs> What does all this stuff mean? You know, and I I always default to my wife for our health insurance because it's through her work. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm like, how much and roughly what are we getting covered? Okay, sounds good. Because it yep. really, it's one of those things where it just drives me crazy to try and figure it out, you know. And it's a different language. And I know for a fact, I don't want too little, you know. Yep. Um, I just know that. I'm in a rare, not a rare, I'm in a different boat. I don't normally drive people in my car for my work, but mm -hmm. I do have to have the coverage for it. So I already had 
excessive, you know, compared to a normal person, excessive coverages. So, mm-hmm. you know, from my own auto insurance policy, the, the, this reform did very little for me because I was already far and away above, you know, these coverage uh, options. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I can't legally, I can't go to the zeros or the minimums, you know, um, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm above, you know, like my liability is like a million, five million, it's things like that. Uh, <clears throat> and so, um, so I, you know, it's like, I, I had the conversation, but as it turned out, it really didn't matter. To me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wanted to know because, you know, I just, I just like to know. Right. And, Absolutely. and certainly our conversation tonight was really for like the educational purposes of, of insurance and all the ins and the outs and why it's, to me, it's so important to have a quality agent on the other side of things. And I think that mm-hmm. it's important. I'm a very relationship driven person. Um, and so it's not like I canceled my life insurance policy with somebody else or anything like that. Just came into a new relationship, was looking for a new policy, got the new policy. I haven't asked you, you haven't asked me for my homeowner's insurance, for my auto insurance, you know, or anything else. We've served the purpose. And, you know, one person might say, well, he's not a good salesperson then. You know, he should ask for all his business. But me, I would say, well. And maybe I will. Maybe I will. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah. October. Uh, put it on the calendar. Um, Siri, remind me. October. <laughs> what, what date is it? No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, and so, you know, but. But that's that's what's important, right? And so that I could keep um, relationships that I have and yep. policies that I have and that I'm comfortable with and things like that, but that I have my resources and that everybody has access to resources. You don't have to just rely on – and there's nothing wrong with relying on the agent from, you know, wherever, Progressive and Geico and State Farm. Those, those people yep. are all fine too. Just as long as that person really breaks down what you have, why they why they suggest it for you, and maybe your benefits of having something different. So yep, that's really what it comes I, to. You know, you hit the nail on the head. I I do plenty of pro bono consulting, right? People who refer friends just ask a couple of questions in general, and I'm more than happy to answer it. And probably like you, you you know that you do enough good by enough people and enough opportunities that come your way, or enough referrals. I don't need to try to write every single policy for every single person I touch or or meet on the street. That's exhausting for everybody. But my hope is that, um, you know, whether I sit down with someone uh, just being a free consultant or sit down with someone to review their policies or write policies, it's let's walk through this right now. You don't need to know everything that I know, but I want you to know that you are covered in a very comfortable way in every possible scenario. And the joke is that as soon as they get to the car, they're going to forget, what did I say with personal injury protection or bodily injury or underinsured? But what they should know is I can sleep well at night. And when I see Andrew at church or I see Andrew at Meyer, we're not going to avoid each other, right? That's, I mean, I love and live in this community and I, I won't shy away and be like, oh man, that person has a crud policy. I, I hope he never gets in an accident or has a home issue. But the point is that you know that you're in, in good hands. You know that you have good coverage. And that's all you need to know. And then, heaven forbid, a claim calls it comes in. And trust me, I've gotten those calls at the wee hours of the night. I don't have the policy coverages for yours memorized. But what I know is, hey, Joe, remember when we sat down and we talked this through and we talked about assets and we talked about what's important and we talked about protection and we both agreed that this met those needs? So I know enough, right? You know enough. 
I know enough now post claim. Let's dive into the details. But I've never been surprised after a claim. A client's never been surprised after a claim. And I think that peace of mind is what everyone seeks. But you're right. There's a lot of language in there that a lot of people don't understand. But, you know, I don't need to understand everything in every other industry. I need to, like you said, rely on experts, people that I trust, that I like, that I know have my back and, you know, maybe do a review here and there. Yep. All right. So this has been like super uh, in-depth. Draining? Oh, in-depth. Yes. Well, you know, uh, there. I'm guessing that there's some people that are like tuned in, like, "Wow, I'm so glad." To learn. There's other people that go, "Like, what are they talking about?" I'm yeah, out, right. So <laughs> I'll try to end it maybe with something kind of fun. You know, your last name is CEO. Yep. And obviously spelled CEO. And I told you, and you know, so I got this email. So we didn't know each other, right? Um, and a friend said, "Hey, you know, you got to talk to my guy Andrew," and blah blah blah. So I think I left a message and I said, it's easy to email me, text me, call me, but, you know, email and text are probably like the best because of my uh, variable schedule. So you shot shot me an email. And um, then I see like this really arrogant guy that sends me an email that says he's the (laughs) CEO. And, uh, And then as I'm looking through, I'm like, no, I guess that's his last name. What, where's that last name come from? And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and growing up with attendance, I can't imagine anyone ever got that name proper, uh, any teacher. I, I've heard every pronunciation possible. <laughs> um, it's it's good because people remember it, and it's bad because people remember it. Um, <laughs> it definitely makes checking my junk mail, you know, pretty easy. Uh, the snail mail, if it's capitalized or, you know, it's read as an acronym, I can just tear it right up. But yep. um, So it was originally CHEA, C-E-A, and... I don't know, four or five generations ago, my Italian, uh, you know, great, great something or another came across through Ellis Island and it, like many last names, got changed. And the story goes that he couldn't speak English and it looked like CEO and he just wanted to get on that side of the border, right? Right. And uh, and so it went from CEA, pronounced Chea, to CEO, pronounced CO. And it's been like that for generations now. So, yep. There we go. That's it. Yeah, anytime I see someone with a somewhat unique last name, you know, it certainly resonates with me. uh, Absolutely. Muck. And uh, (laughs) and I love your boots, man. I love them. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like uh, I saw those and I was like, dang, did I miss something here? Um, (laughs) And also, is it Lowe's or somebody? Somewhere I went and they go, what's your phone number? We have a lot of Joe Mucks in here. And I'm like, you do like you have a lot of Joe Mox, like or Joseph Mock. I don't know one of the two. I'm like, really? You have a lot of Mox. You know, like it's certainly not a name you come across a lot. Uh, yep. Similarly, I think it was either M O C H or M O O C H, and uh, you know they changed the spelling and stuff like that uh, when they you know crossed into the country, and mm-hmm. um, and and it is what it is, right? It's it's just it's Joe Mock. So exactly, uh, they all get chopped up or changed at some point yeah so uh before a a final going away cheers and everything like that obviously i appreciate that you you know elaborated so much on on insurance Uh, how might somebody reach you and then what else is there anything you know you want to say going away yeah uh so i'll give out my cell phone number which i have no problem doing which is 734-260-2818 that's probably a, a good way to reach me either via text or call 
Um, yeah, we do home, auto, commercial, life. So kind of the whole spectrum there. And uh, as I alluded to earlier, even if they're general questions, um, I, I don't need to write every single person's policy or demand that I quote it. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. And I, I do believe that enough goodwill put out there, you know, it all comes back around. So I don't think anyone has to feel pressure if they do want to call or text. And uh, I'd be happy to answer whatever questions I can. And I do appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. And maybe we'll put one on the calendar for later in the year too, Joe. Yeah, for sure. And we can have a little more lighthearted conversation than so much in depth. Uh, I like it. Hopefully we can talk about college football, though I I won't hold my breath for my beer on that. Well, I just hope that if we are talking about it, that it's talking about how bad your team is and how good my team is. Hey, I'd be happy to watch my team lose if it means they're playing. I grew up, anyway, yeah, I grew up in the John L. Smith, Bobby William era. I'm used to losing, okay? (laughs) Antonio was after me. God bless the man, but that was after my uh, era, so I'm used to losing, so it's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Andrew, I don't know if you have left. I, I always save a little bit, so I got a little. Oh, cheers to you, my friend. Thanks a lot. I'll see how good of an actor I am. All right. Have a great one, man. <laughs> hey, appreciate it, Joe. Talk to you.